John chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. I felt this is the direction God would like for me to go tonight. Sometimes we struggle. I heard a guy preach not long ago. His title of his message was, The Struggle is Real. And it is real. I would dare say in this congregation tonight, many of you are struggling with something in life. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, I know the man that takes care of all the struggles. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And whatever you're going through, he can take care of it. I believe that with all my heart. Book of John chapter 6. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. And when the evening was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them. At the end of that the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty to thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the water and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Let me preach to you for a few moments from this simple subject tonight. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Amen. Amen. Pastor, would you pray? Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word and for your encouragement, for the glory we see in this house. Bless our ears to hear what the Spirit would say tonight. Let our hearts receive it. Let us be made better and encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I read a story not long ago I thought I'd share with you concerning a missionary family. Uh, he was not one of our missionaries. He was a denominal missionary, but uh, he was, had been appointed to Africa as a missionary. And their first day, they're on the plane. He looks over his wife and he says, when this plane lands in Africa, I'm going to be a missionary. I thought, well, that's what normally we'd all probably say the same thing. But on the second day, homesick set in, and it was temporary because he suddenly realized I'm here because God has sent me here. But on the third day, it, it seemed to be a blessing to serve God, and, and the people were friendly. Everybody loved them, and everything was going great. But on the fourth day, their spirit sagged. Mm. They began to cry thinking about home and how difficult it was being in a foreign country. On the fifth day, it was cloudy, the sky was gray, and they were depressed. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. Ever been there? Yeah. On the sixth day, the newness was gone, and they were blue all day long. It was just terrible. Amen. On the seventh day, they were fully depressed and crying. And then on the eighth day, the waves started to crest, the wind began to blow, and he began to hold his wife while she weeped in his arms for the rest of the day. 
They begin to say our lives is in this ugly place. On the ninth day, we cried all day long, amen, so far away from home. On the tenth day, he finally said, doggone it, I know God sent us here. I'm homesick. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the language. I'm tired of all of it. And then he realized he needed to change his attitude. So he said, Lord, forgive my bad attitude. I don't think it could get any worse, Lord. Then he said, I'm not thrilled to be here. I hate it. I'm only here because I'm willing to do your will. Then he says, my commitment as a missionary feels like a prison to me. I would imagine how his disciples felt out on the sea, a storm raging, the wind blowing, the waves cresting over the bow of the boat, and they're probably thinking, I'm here because this is what he told us to do. We're here tonight because God's called us out, and we're here because we've got a job to do. And sometimes the struggle is hard, sometimes the struggle is rough, but it doesn't matter. We're here because we're called of God to do the will of God, and no matter how tough it gets, you got to keep going. you got to keep, you got to stay in this thing. I'm excited to be in the house of God, but I can't stand here and tell you it's all been great. I've had some hard times. I've had some struggles in my life, but I'm still here, and I thank God for that. I'm still in the house of God. I'm still in the presence of Almighty God. Oh, come on, somebody. They just simply obeyed the master, got in the boat, and shoved off. But now it's bad. And they're looking around and they're thinking, where is he at? Well, you ever thought that in your walk with God? You thought, where is he at? I'm going through something here. Where are you at, Jesus? Sometimes we get an attitude too. Because he don't show up when we want him to. He's not taking care of this the way we want him to. And we get, we get crazy. We get out of hand, and after a while, we're just making statements we probably should never make before God. The storm was bad on the lake. The wind blowing, waves crashing, rain beating down on them. And Jesus had not come yet. It's one thing to and grasp a hold of this right. It's one thing to suffer for doing wrong. But it's another thing to suffer for doing what's right. I've done some things was right, but I suffered for it. I thought it was good. I thought it was the great answer. I, I thought I had it all figured out, but I suffered for my thinking of what I thought was right that really was not right. You see, that happens in our walk with God. And, and I'm taking my time tonight. Is that okay? We think because we do right, we're never going to suffer. But it doesn't matter what you do, how good you are, what you go, you're going to suffer in this life. If you're going to serve God, part of it is suffering. 
Because the suffering gives us strength. Amen. The, the suffering makes us who we are. Amen. The suffering gets us through the next drama in our life. We learn how to get tough. We learn how to survive. Amen. When we suffer over the things of God. Amen. Amen. We have to ask, the, amen, the couple that the crib is empty because uh, the room is bare. We have to ask the businessman, amen, that loses everything because of high inflation. We have to ask the student, amen, that stands for truth and holiness but gets mocked at at school. you gotta, you got to look at all these things, what the saints of God go through. But here, church, we go through them. Amen. Ask the husband. Amen. Was faithful. His wife was unfaithful. He took a chance and forgave her only to be betrayed a second time. Ask the man who worked for 30 years and they laid him off without a pension. These are everyday occurrences in our world today. Ask the person who gives everything and gets nothing in return. Ask the father who tries to do right and can never get ahead. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. Ask the saved wife who suffers, amen, from the abuse of an unsaved husband. Ask the son or daughter who suffers from a broken home. So the wind blows, the storm rages, and the boat bounces. And they wonder, why am I going through this? Come on. We've done what we were asked to do. He told us to get in the boat. We're out in the midst of the sea. And where is Jesus? Nine hours. Now read the scripture. Nine hours on the sea. This is what John said in his writing. And they rode about four miles. Nine hours and all they got was four miles. The storm is raging. How many men in here like to get out on your boat? No boaters? Hey, what's wrong with y'all in Georgia? <laughs> when you're on the water, the wind comes up. You have to row that boat. You got to keep the boat pointed into the wave. Because if you don't, you're going to turn sideways and the wave can flip you over and you're going to drown in the sea. Amen. These guys for nine hours, amen, they're rowing that boat and they're afraid and they're wondering words. Jesus, I'm going through something here. I don't know if we're going to survive, but they never stopped rowing that boat. They couldn't stop rowing that boat. I'm coming to tell somebody here tonight, you need to keep rowing because it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what the storm's throwing at you. Keep rowing that boat. Amen. Keep it into the wind. Keep the sails where it needs to be. Amen. Don't give in to the devil. He's lying to, and he's all time lying. And he's probably lying to some of you tonight. Amen. You need to look him in the eye and say, let me tell you something, devil. I'm going to keep rowing. I'm not giving up. I'm staying in this fight. Is anybody glad to be in the church tonight? I'm glad to be in the church of the living God. I'm glad I fell in love with Jesus. I'm glad that he's brought me through every storm that I came through. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Why is it taking him so long? Oh, let me tell you something. Don't worry about it. He'll show up when it's time for him to show up. 
never quits. Mm. Listen to what Mark tell us, tells us in, in Mark, the sixth chapter. And he saw them toiling and rowing. Keep rowing that boat because he's somewhere watching. He's watching to see if you're going to quit. He's watching to see if you're going to give up. Pastor, we're living in a time where people give up over nothing. You didn't speak to me. I'm quitting. Getting to the point where a man of God can't get up and preach like he needs to because people are so offended. I had to learn a long time ago, pastor in my church, you just got to get offended. That's just all there is to it. You got to hear the word. You got to know what thus saith the word of God. You got to know what it's going to take to get through the suffering that we get into in our lives. Amen. He watched them for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them. You could ask yourself, why did he wait to the midnight hour? See, the fourth watch is the midnight hour. And that's when people want to give up. Because he ain't showed up all day, all night. And here I am struggling. He don't love me anymore. But in the fourth watch, he comes walking on the water. Woo! Now there's something here you got to catch. You really got to catch this. He come walking on the sea and he would have passed them by. Now you got to remember, he's been watching them, rowing that boat, staying in the fight, staying afloat. So here he comes. They're over here just rowing. He would have passed them by, but somebody was looking. Let me say something to you, saint of God. Never take your eye off of him. If he's going to come by, you need to see him when he comes by. Come on, somebody. If he's going to show up in this service, you need to see him. Amen. You need to get the shout. You need to get your shout going on. You need to lift your voice and sing. Lift them hands and give God glory because he's going to come by. And if he's coming by, I want to see him. Ask blind Bartimaeus. He knew he was coming by and he cried, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, he didn't quit. They laughed at him. They talked about him. But he kept right on. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. The woman with the issue of blood. Amen. She knew he was coming by. She cried out. I I just got to touch his garment. That's all I want to do. Bartimaeus received his sight. The woman received her healing. And Peter says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Now we're talking faith. Now I want you to think about it. They're in the midst of the sea. Here's Jesus walking on the water. Peter says, if it's you, Lord, I want to come where you are. 
Do you imagine what it took for him to throw his leg over the side of that boat? Come on, think about it. Woo! I remember one time we went deep sea fishing. And on the way back, it come up a storm. And we was in a, about a 36 foot. And I'm telling you, it was bad. It was so bad, I had my arms wrapped around the pole. I was scared I was going to fall out. I mean, the water was just all over us. Up and down, slamming down, bam, bam. But you know what? It never occurred to me to get off that boat. Not one time did I say, I'm getting off this boat. You know why? Because I knew I couldn't walk on water. But Peter threw his leg over that boat and he walked on the water. Now I said that to say this to somebody tonight. Somebody can walk on water tonight if you're willing to get out of that boat that you've been rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. Amen. Get out of that boat and let God do something for you in your life tonight. Come on, church. If you're going through the struggle, row that boat. He'll show up on time. Amen. He might not be there when you want him, but he'll be there when you need him. Keep rowing that boat. Don't stop. Row, row, row. Every time you push that oar, it just makes the devil that much matter because he's trying to get you to quit. You row that boat, and he'll get upset with you, but keep doing it, keep doing it because he's watching. I think if the people of God could grab a hold of one thing, amen, and our walk with God is to realize that he knows what we're suffering in. He knows what we're going through. He knows how to take care of it if we trust him, if we'll have faith to keep rowing or get out of that boat. Our lives can change. I don't understand his timing Serving God over 50 years, I still don't understand his timing. But one thing I've learned, he shows up when I need him the most. Why the fourth hour? I don't know. Why didn't he come in the first hour? Why did he wait to the midnight hour? But he watched them, and he knew what they were going through. Too many saints of God crave the power of God. But only a few yearn for the heart of God. There's a big difference than just having a power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall receive power. But that don't mean you got the heart of God. It takes a while to get a hold of the heart of God. And we're going to go through some things. We might as well accept it. But those things make us strong. They make us powerful. I look at men like Abraham, Moses, David, the apostles, what they went through, what they suffered through. But they were willing to be used by God. Amen. And we must be willing to be dealt with by God. We got to be willing to say, God, whatever it takes for me. Get me into this. Get, Get me through it. Make me stronger than what I am. Come on, somebody. Abraham went through 25 years of processing before he received the promise of Isaac. 25 years of suffering. Jacob went through 20 years of processing before he was named or his name was changed to Israel. 
He had to fight the angel. Moses went through 40 years on the backside of the desert before he could deliver Egypt and was called the meekest man on the earth. Think about it. Joseph went through 20 years of processing before he was crowned prime minister of Egypt. Think of what he went through. He didn't quit. Abraham didn't quit. Sometimes we want to quit because somebody's sitting in our pew. Sometimes we want to quit because you don't spoke. That's my place. You don't get up, I'm leaving. My God, leave. Hallelujah. So make room for somebody that appreciates it. Woo, come on now. Woo. I had a lady in my church. I finally just ran her off. I won't tell you why, but it was legitimate. A few weeks later, she called me and said, Pastor, I want to come back. I said, no, you don't need, you need to find you somewhere to go. There's a hundred churches here. Find you another one. She said, well, what about the scriptures where he left the 99 to find that one sheep? I said, that's the key right there, honey. He went looking for a sheep, not a goat. He went looking for the sheep. He didn't go looking for goats. Come on, somebody. I weren't being mean. I was just telling it like it was. Woo! Honey, you fall in love with this or you don't. You give it everything you got or you don't. You serve God with everything or you don't. I decided I'm going to give everything to him. I'm going to serve him no matter what. I'm going to serve him. Now, I don't want to leave here y'all thinking I'm mean. Really, I'm not. David went through 20 years processing before he was truly anointed king of Israel. And he was known to be a man after God's own heart. The apostles turned their world upside down because they were willing to to have their ministries authenticated by the power processing of suffering. Suffering. We need to know God in the fellowship of his suffering. That's what makes us who we are. If your ministry is going through Struggles, struggles, and you're going through this or that. All you need is just a true anointing of God in your life. You're not going to be able, uh, as Israel did, you just can't put your ministry on a new cart and think it's going to be okay. You got to do it right. You can't walk in here and think, I got it together. Me and Jesus, we like this. Honey, it just don't work that way. If you and Jesus got it going on like that, that's because you're at the foot of the cross and you're allowing him to talk to you. Mm. From Egypt, from Israel to Egypt was only an 11-day journey. I want you to think about this. 
day journey. But God took them on a long walk. He done it to shake their pride and to test them. Until they were hungry, he fed them. Manna that them or their forefathers didn't even know what it was. He took care of his people. He clothed them. Their sandals never wore out. Their feet didn't swell. They reached the promised land. He wanted them to be prepared to go there. He sends the spies in. They come back, amen, and, and, and Joshua and Caleb said, it's everything you said it was, and it's, we can do it. Let's go take it. Let's do it now. But yet they suffered the consequences of listening to the majority. In your walk with God, don't listen to the majority. Listen to the minority. Because that's what's going to get you through. What does God do when we are struggling? The word of God says he prays for us. He never stops praying for us. He will always serve us as our high priest. That's the God. We have to be broken. Broken. Two, and I'm, I'm coming to a close. Two maestros went to hear this young soprano sing. And when she gets up to sing, these two, they're sitting together. And the first one says, listen to that pure voice. That's just awesome. But the second one said, she'll sing better when her heart gets broken. Anything you're doing for God, you'll do it better once your heart's broken. Come on. When it's broken, you will do better. Hebrews 7 and 24. Why don't you stand with me? I just preached this little sermon tonight to get you through your struggle. Hebrews 7, verses 24 and 25. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's our God. He's going to let us struggle just so he can deliver us, just so he can give us strength, just so he can make us better at what we are, give us power and anointing in our lives. The next time you're suffering or afflicted with something, don't get upset with God. Amen. Embrace it and say, God, help me. I'm going through it, but help me, God. It's going to make you strong. It's going to make you powerful. I don't know if you have ever heard the story of my oldest son when he was tragically hurt. And I, I won't tell the story, but I'll tell this part. Prior to that happening, I had preached on faith. 
And when he was tragically hurt, dying, I realized that I didn't have true faith. But it didn't take me long to get it. In a six-hour period, the doctor came in his ICU room. He ordered x-rays. About 30, 40 minutes later, I saw him in the hallway putting these x-rays on the light. And so I walked down to where he was. showed me the first x-ray he said this is what your son looked like when he come in this one this is what it looks like when I finished working on him which will be one of many surgeries you'll have to have and he looked at the point to the third one and he just dropped his hand he turned and walked away so I walked up to him put my hand on his shoulder I said what about the third one doc he said somebody worked on your son beside me God completely healed him in six hours. He had a broke leg. He had a cracked pelvis. One lung was collapsed. The other lung pushing against the heart. Everything in here came through his esophagus. Blood came through his pores, his eyes and his ears. Pressure just tore him up. But in six hours, God healed him. We went to his doctor that set the bones and, his, and he's done a body cast. <clears throat> he showed us the x-rays. He said, I don't understand this, but your son's got brand new bone in his leg. Brand new. Brand new bone. His pelvis was healed. The cracks were gone. We brought him home in a body cast. They wouldn't take it off because of the insurance. They said if we take the body cast off, if he got hurt, we'd be liable. So the body cast got stale. He wore that cast until him in court. Everybody knows court, I'm sure. They're fighting in the bed. And the pins that's going through here, he broke those pins. They were fighting. We had to rush him to, he was screaming. Those pins were just jabbing him got him back, they fixed it and the doc said, well let me just put a hinge in here so he, so he can walk and do what he needs to do. He never stopped the day pastors of my church. One surgery. But here's what it did for me, Brother Walton. It changed my faith. Because I had no I had nowhere to go. I'm at the hospital by myself. She don't even know it's happened. The saints of God wouldn't tell her. So I'm at the hospital by myself. Jesse Williams came to the hospital to comfort me and get me through it. I was totally out of it. They had to give me a shot to calm it down. But we see what God can do. When he turned 21 years old, our church had a big banquet. We rented this big event center. 
we're all in this nice place. We all dressed nice. The owner decided he would come in and greet us. It was his surgeon. I walked up to him. <clears throat> I recognized him, Tom. He had a white suit on. I said, do you remember me? He said, oh, yeah, I operated on your son. 18, 17 years ago. I said, would you like to meet him? Brought, came over, I introduced, brought to the surgeon that saved his life. Put his body back together. Faith. But let me tell you something, saying God, I suffered. I suffered through that. I blamed myself. I would cry at night because I felt it, that I should have done something different. That will never happen. I suffered through it. But let me tell you what happened. God made me a better man because from that moment on, I trusted him. And I've never stopped trusting him. <clears throat> Brother Walter, I don't know how you normally do a reading. If you're struggling, you're on the sea, and the waves is crashing against your boat. If you'll come down here, I, I believe God will set you at liberty. Come on. Come on.